Um, most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. Yes. You're so gracious. You're so kind. Um, you're just a good God. Mm. And we thank you that because of you, we have been redeemed and restored through Jesus. We are new creations. The old man has passed away and all things have become new. And we thank you that because of Holy Spirit, <clears throat> we can learn to live in the newness of life. So, Father, as the teaching comes forth today, you said anytime we can see here and understand that we should be converted and we should be healed. And so we thank you that we will, our, our eyes are anointed to see, our ears are anointed to hear. Um, and our hearts are open to what you desire to do in our lives. And we thank you for it in Jesus, in name. Jesus name. Amen. 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 So we're, we're having a conversation today. It really is a conversation um, about having a God, developing a God sized perspective of your life, mm -hmm. having a God sized perspective of your life. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the things that we've had to learn to navigate um, in 22 years of ministry is that, Sometimes we have different pieces to the same puzzle. Mm -hmm. We have different pieces to the same coin. That's one of the things Pastor Cynthia told us to always be real, to be aware of that our that the our differences in how we see things actually makes us more complete. And so um, I want to talk about today, Pastor Edwin is um, rocking with me. I really want to talk about this perspective of developing a God-sized vision for your life. And so the purpose of this teaching is really to use scripture and Holy Spirit illumination to expand our view of God's plans and our roles in it. We all know that Jesus came, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And we are so thankful for salvation and the many levels of deliverance and transformation that we experience as citizens of the kingdom. No, I'm going to say that again. How many of you are so thankful to be saved? Absolutely. And you're not just thankful to be saved, but you are thankful for the many levels yes. of deliverance and transformation that you have experienced on your journey and being involved, being a kingdom citizen, right? Mm -hmm. We truly get to live a life of growing and becoming mm -hmm. into the new creatures, the new creations that God has made us in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. We should be growing and becoming. We should be becoming more and more and more. One of the things I like to say is that God is not interested in making us better versions of ourselves. Mm -hmm. God is interested in us looking like Jesus right. because that's what Jesus paid for. Jesus paid for our identity to be restored for us to know who we really are, right? And it's so amazing all the things that God does in us. He does so many things mm -hmm. in us. How many of you have been delivered from um, from unforgiveness, you've been delivered from offense, you've been delivered from anger. anger. Mm -hmm. There's so you've been delivered from depression. You mm -hmm. have seen his power to save. You've been delivered from fornication. You've been delivered from a wrong perspective about sex so that you can have a great marriage. You you've seen what he does in us. And how many of you have experienced the blessing of what he does for us? Yes. You've gotten jobs and better jobs. You've yes. had unexpected income. You've had debt supernaturally canceled. You've gotten a job that you didn't qualify for. Your business grew. You've had favor. You got a first class seat. You found the toilet paper because he's the God of the toilet the paper, right? Toilet paper. And we have seen what he's done on in us and continues to do in us and what he does for us right and so what I wanted to include in this that I don't know that we talk about as much is the things that God desires to do through us mm -hmm. right we know that God is doing things in us mm -hmm. we know that God is doing things for us 
But we really want to today I want to focus in what has is does God desire to do through us or a better way may say with us? Mm -hmm. What does God desire to do with us? This teaching is about including, expanding our perspective to be like, yes, does God want us to be financially free? Sure. Yes, does God want our health to be renewed? Absolutely. Does God want us to have great relationships? Indeed. Does God want us to live in houses that, that give us joy? Yep. Does God want all of that for us? Yes. Does God want us to live an obedient life? Mm -hmm. Yes. And God also wants all of this work that he's doing in us to become an expression of things that he is doing through us to impact the rest of the world, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And so as we grow in our own personal freedom, as we grow in our own personal development, as we grow in our own finances, our own favor, our own whatever, we should be mindful that we have been given the ministry of reconciliation and restoration. Yeah. And when we talk about that, you know, we've one of the things that we've been saying literally all this year, we kind of said it from a different standpoint, but it's still true. That is, we want to partner with God. We want to partner with God. We want to partner with God. And when you are when you are in partnership, partnership is not always about what you're getting out of something. Yes. Sometimes it's about what do I give? Because what I give strengthens the relationship. And so, you know, you talk about developing this God uh, size perspective for our life. And as I was thinking, as we were talking about this teaching last night, and then this morning, I was just reflecting on the fact that, man, yesterday was 22 years uh, that we've been in ministry. And if someone had told us that when we got married, that six years later, uh, basically, uh, you know, that we would start a church, I'd have told them they were crazy. And if they had said that after that, we spent the next 22 years still in Arkansas in church, uh, ministering, I'd have said they were insane. <laughs> but the reality of it is when you start to live beyond yourself, you start to realize that it's not always about you. It's not always about you and the way you want things to work and the way you think things would happen and the way you want things to unfold. It really is about saying, okay, God, I'm partnering with you. And that in this partnership, sometimes there are going to be things I want to do and I get to do. But sometimes there are going to be things that I don't want to do but I do it for the betterment of the partnership. I do it for the betterment of the partnership. I was thinking about it. It's like as simple as this. You know, there's this very popular saying that we don't subscribe to, which says happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And we don't prescribe to that because no. we believe that that's a very selfish view of marriage. Yeah. Right? It was never going to work for me. <laughs> so we had to find something that worked for us which i think actually works better right no it does work better it does work better but what we say is what we say happy spouse happy, happy house. house right because we should i should as as much as he loves me right i should never just want to take yeah I should never want it to just be my way all the time yeah. without any consideration to if he's getting his desire met yeah. as well, yeah. right? And, you, and I tell men all the time, I know it sounds right, but you don't get any gold star for always pushing down all of your feelings and all of your thoughts and all of your considerations just for your wife. And then you end up doing stuff out of bitterness and resentment. And they don't even know what in the world is wrong with they you. They don't even know why you They don't you know mad. what is wrong with you because yes. you ain't opened your mouth and said nothing. You, you've been eating them nasty scrambled eggs for 10 years when you like fried eggs. Tell your wife you like fried eggs. She won't mind cooking you fried eggs, but you started off eating scrambled eggs. So she thought that's what you like. 
And so it's not just happy wife, happy life, because if that was the case, there wouldn't be any divorce. But 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 that's not true. It is happy spouses, <laughs> happy houses. Right. <laughs> Amen. Right. And so I think we need to think about in terms of the kingdom that, yes, God saved us. Sure. That, and we're so incredibly thankful to be saved. And yes, God has so many tremendous mm -hmm. promises for us. And we are so incredibly thankful for all of them. Mm -hmm. But how many of you know God has a desire? Does. God has a desire and we were going back and forth and it's so funny I don't even know why I try to use some of this terminology with Ellen because the truth of it is he way too analytical and like I'm more figuratively sometimes and he's like straight line and so we were trying to I was trying to use these terms and listen I just said take the terms out because now I'm confused but the point that I was really trying to make is that we can have this tendency mm -hmm. to center ourselves as the big part mm -hmm. when we are actually a smaller part of a big part, yes. which doesn't mean we don't matter. Right. It just means we're not the only thing that matters. There you go. How's that? That's perfect. How's that? That's All perfect. right. Right. So we can, we can get so consumed. We've all done it if we tell the truth. Sure. We 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 can get so consumed on I want a new job. I'm ready for a new house. When's my healing gonna manifest? Mm -hmm. When's my sowing? So I've been serving the Lord all this time, and we can forget that God invited us into salvation, not just to redeem us, but to accomplish his goal of reconciliation and restoration to the world. So we're going to get into this, but I want you to think about this. When sin entered the world, it impacted everything in the universe. And we're going to look at some it scriptures did. today, and we're going to really get to see this. It changed the order and cause man and creation to be subject to the torment of the enemy. Mm -hmm. Now, through Christ, we are free and we are free to bring reconciliation and restoration to people and the world around us. Now, one of the things I'm really thankful for that you've always given us, I think Nietzsche would agree, Ralph would agree, Chris would agree that you've given us the space to figure out how God talks to us and how to walk it out and how to bring it into a family of beliefs. Mm -hmm. And the one thing you're really good at doing is that no matter how, for lack of a better word, frou-frou or la-la something I'm talking about is to bring it down so then everybody knows what to do with it, right? Mm -hmm. And so I want to look at this scripture in John 3.16 this morning that everybody knows this scripture. Everybody knows John 3.16. Mm -hmm. I mean, you if you 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 can't be saved if you don't know John 3 16. Mm -hmm. If we were all together, I say everybody repeat it with me. We say what? For God, God so loved, loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have, have everlasting, everlasting life. life. Right? right? That is John 3 16. For God so loved the world. Well, several months ago, I got this mirror translation of the Bible. And the mirror translation of the Bible in John 3.16 actually said something that was very different from any tr other translation. It said, for God so loved the cosmos mm -hmm. that he gave his only begotten son. And in the mirror translation, it says, and he is unwilling to abandon us. Mm -hmm. And you know how sometimes a scripture just grabs you and you just start mulling over it like, cosmos well if you go and look in blue letter and look at the greek word the cosmos it doesn't mean people right 
It doesn't mean people. Now, I think if I think about how I grew up, I don't know what you would say about how you grew up, that John 3.16 was just about saving people. It was like, for God so loved the world, but what may, and maybe it was my own hearing, but I never heard anybody talk about God desiring he loved the cosmos, that he loved the well-ordered universe that became subject to sin because of Adam and Eve. Does that make sense? It does. Did you hear that growing up? I did. did you you heard? I did. Okay. I, no, and I did, and I don't, I'm not trying to be funny. I'm saying because I remember being taught that that it wasn't that it wasn't about God just saving uh, the, the the people on Earth. It was about His entire creation, and His entire creation is much more expansive than just the Earth itself. It's even more expansive than the solar system that we that we currently know, and the one that's currently expanding. That what God wants to do is to have all of that in the order in which he strived to make it in the beginning. And we talk about the, in, 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 we used to use the scripture all the time, and they said that the whole world was out of course. Well, if one thing's out of course, it makes other things out of course. If your leg is out of course, you're going to feel that in your back. You're going to feel that in your shoulder, even though the, the place is out of, out, of, out, of, out, of, out of course, maybe your hip. And so that's how it was explained to us. Now, I, I ain't saying God out there trying to save aliens. Maybe he is. I don't know. But what I'm saying is, is I believe that it is a real, a, a well-ordained universe that he wants everything set back into place before sin ever showed up. Okay. So I'm not trying to be shady. Okay. Okay. But we just having a conversation. Yeah. So we know Chris, Nitra, Ralph, we all know that one of the things you're really good at doing is you are really good at interjecting what you believe things, the sense you think should make. So sometimes we've been in places, we mm -hmm. all heard the same teaching, mm -hmm. and you said, this is what they said, and we said, no, that's not what they said. So I'm just curious, because people in the comments are saying, I never heard that before. Maybe you really did hear that, or, did, or was that revealed no. to you by the Holy Ghost? I don't know. I remember, though, being in a Bible class okay. at Harlem Park Baptist Church in Conway, Arkansas. Oh. That's where I learned that. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to let you that, right? I, okay. I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so God loves humans. And I love what Dexter said. E.T. needs Jesus too. Absolutely. And, and here's the reason that I want to have this discussion. We talk about nothing being impossible to those who believe, but if we think about it, most of the stuff we believe for is stuff that people do even though they're not saved. Mm -hmm. Like we don't necessarily, we we haven't, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, mm -hmm. right? We don't necessarily have, if, if you say I'm believing God for a better job, it's people all over this world who get better jobs who don't know Jesus. Sure. You say I'm believing God to be a millionaire. It's people all over this world who millionaires who don't know Jesus, right? Yeah. We really, I don't feel like globally as a church, we've really been taught to press into something supernatural mm. to how we can partner with God. Mm. And so we spend so much of our time living naturally instead of learning how to live supernaturally, which is the benefit of Christianity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we want to embrace a bigger plan. Here's the thing. I am not saying I know all the answers. I am saying that I am on a journey where if Jesus really said we could do greater works, yeah. and he did. he did, if Jesus said all things are possible to those who believe, mm -hmm. and they are, mm -hmm. maybe it's time for us to expand our believing to something beyond things that we really could produce even if we didn't know God because people are producing them even if they didn't know God. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's look at Romans 8. Romans 8 and 19. 
It says, that's a very familiar passage of scripture. It says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of God. Mm -hmm. How many of us have heard that scripture before? Mm -hmm. I know we've heard that scripture. It says, Michael says, the earth travails waiting for the sons of God. Okay, so I want to challenge us that that has to be something more than making a confession of salvation. Mm -hmm. Because if it was a just making a confession of salvation, then the earth would be out of trouble by now because we got millions and millions of Christians all on this planet, right? Well, let's look at what those words mean. The earnest expectation, I love this, it says in the sense of watching, intense anticipation, earnest expectation. So creation is watching the sons of God, mm -hmm. right? And then creature, that's the original formation, Waits to expect fully, manifest, revealing son's immediate kinship. Now I'm going to go back and I'm going to read it for you as a sentence. It says, so the whole creation is watching in intense anticipation. The original formation looks for the revealing of the immediate kinship of God. So the order of God is looking for the sons of God to bring freedom to the earth, to bring, and when I say the earth, I mean systems. How many of you know that our banking system is off? How many of you know that we need different things done in the arts? We need different things done in business. We need different things in education. Every system was negatively impacted by sin, and those systems, they're waiting in anticipation for the sons of God to use the power of God to right what has been wrong, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Now, you know you've been in education for years. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of good people in, in um, education, mm -hmm. right? But you know that just by pouring money and just by pouring new programs, we don't change the problems that are in education, right? right? Because education was fundamentally impacted by sin hitting the earth, right? Mm -hmm. So God doesn't just need Christian teachers. He needs teachers and administrators and educators and all of these people who actually see education from heaven's perspective and begin to release that perspective into the earth so that education can be changed. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Does yep. that make sense to mm -hmm. you? Right. And so I want to look at this in the mirror translation, in the mirror translation. So it says he has taken the sting out of our suffering. What seemed burdensome at the time becomes insignificant in comparison to the glory he reveals in us. Now, we could just start right there when we talk about transformation. Have you ever had anything in your life that when God begins to deal with you about it, it seems burdensome at the time, but it becomes insignificant when you see the glory that's revealed in you because of walking through the process, mm -hmm. right? If you think about getting rid of anger, getting rid of offense, getting rid of depression, getting rid of unforgiveness, right? It can seem burdensome at the time that God is talking to you and that he's dealing with you and that he's saying to you, don't stay in this place. But when you get to the other side of it, right, mm -hmm. you are so incredibly thankful for what he revealed in in you, mm -hmm. right? That's verse 18, right? Verse 19 said, our lives now represent the one event every creature anticipates with held breath, standing on tiptoe as if it were to witness the unveiling of the sons of God. Can you hear the drum roll? So it says, 
Jesus came. Jesus came. He invited us to come back home, to come into the new birth, birth right? To escape sin, to escape corruption, but also, you, you used to say this all the time, we were called out of, but into. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times we really focus on what we were called out of, but not the fact that we were called into. I need everybody in the comment to stick with me. Lay your hands on your head and say, I'm anointed to receive this. And then write in the comments, I am new. I am new, right? It says, so then verse 20 says, it says, every creature suffered abuse through Adam's fall. They were discarded like a squeezed out orange. Creation did not volunteer to fall prey to the effect of the fall. Yet within this dark setting, hope prevails. So it says that when Adam and Eve sinned, systems did not volunteer. For example, the ocean didn't say, ooh, we want to have tsunamis, right? The wind didn't say, oh, we want to have tornadoes, right? Mm -hmm. Trees didn't say we want to die and leave, lose our leaves, right? Mm -hmm. But all of those things were impacted because they came under, because, because all of creation was under Adam and Eve, that when Adam and Eve sinned and came under the enemy, then all of creation, all of humanity, and all of creation came under the bondage of sin. So every creature suffered abuse through Adam's fall. Yeah. I like the part where he talks about that even in this stark contrast, hope still prevails. Hope prevails. And what is the hope? The hope is, people say, well, the hope is Jesus. Well, yes and no. The hope is Jesus, but it's Jesus in us because we are supposed to be the ones that are spreading this hope to mankind. We are the ones who've been given the uh, abstentional responsibility to go out and to uh, be the ones who, who fix the systems, who, who, who realize these systems back to the way God would want them. So even in this, this dark state that we find our world, there is yet hope. There is yet hope. Come on, somebody say there is yet hope, right? Hope still prevails. It says all creation knows that the glorious liberty of God's son, of the sons of God, sets the stage from their for their own release from decay. Mm -hmm. Okay, this scripture really gets me because it says everything seems to know but us. Mm -hmm. Every scene, everything seems to know that we are the key to turning things but us. So the ocean's waiting on us. Systems are waiting on us. The stars are waiting on us. Planets are waiting on us. Everything in creation is waiting on God's greatest creation to realize its responsibility and role. That's what I wanted to talk about today. <laughs> that the ocean's waiting on us. The wind is waiting on us, right? And now he says, when the sun, they're standing on tiptoe, yeah. like you've accepted Jesus, but come on, there's right. more. Right. Come on and release us from the decay. Right. Come on and release us from the decay. Now, here's the thing. What we tend to do when we hear something like that is we go, oh, my God, we got so much work to do. We go, oh, my God, how in the world are we ever going to do this? Well, we're not going to do it in our own strength. Right. We're going to do it in fellowshipping with him where God says, Edward Strickland, a part of your call is education. And I don't just need you to be smart in education. I need you to be able to hear me in education because mm -hmm. he's Jesus. When they asked Jesus how to pray, he said, pray what? Mm -hmm. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. God, you see our system of education. What is my role in reversing the decay? 
What is my role? I'm in coaching and personal development. You see this. What is my role in reversing the decay? I want everybody to put this in the comments. What is my role in reversing the decay? Yeah. Because, you know, you think about it, I mean, because I'm a, I'm a visual person, right? And so I, I, I actually learn a lot by, by visualization, by making pictures of things, and then it helps me to understand it. And when I read that scripture, what was in verse 18, it said, or verse 19, or maybe it was verse, verse 19, it says, our lives now represent the one event that every creature, every creature anticipates with hell breath. So everything in this universe, if you, spiritually speaking, is holding its breath, tiptoeing, waiting to see whether or not, and I'm gonna say it like this, we get it. Whether or not waiting we to get see it. whether or not we get it. Because the every creature knows that if we as mankind, if we ever get it and we ever realize it as a collective, the whole world gets set back on course. No, and everything gets set back on course. So it's like a drum roll. You know, you, they, they call you out for a drum roll and they're like, and as long as that drum roll is going, what is it doing? It's building the anticipation. That's what they've been waiting on. Every creature has been hearing the drum roll. Every creature is tiptoeing. Every creature, th think about everything in this world, looking over a fence, just tiptoeing, waiting to see, are they going to get it today? Are they going to get it today? And we can add this, <laughs> that Hebrews 12 says we got a great yeah. cloud of witnesses. Yeah. Cheering and a great crowd of witnesses. They like, come on. Come on. Today come is the day you need to see get who this. you are. Yeah. See who you are. Yeah. And if this seems hard to you, yeah. then I will say to you, you have incompletely understood your salvation. Yeah. Yeah. You have incompletely understood your salvation because it's bigger than not going to hell. Yeah. And I love that. That's, a, that's a micro view of salvation. Oh, thanks, babe. <laughs> thanks, babe. That's your thanks, micro babe. view. Listen, <laughs> you got to notice sometimes when we're working something out because we because our personalities and the way we see things are so different that sometimes I know he's trying to get it out of me and I am probably getting on his last nerve, right? And 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 so I get passionate, he gets passionate, and I love that it's coming here today that you're that you really heard what I was trying mm -hmm. to communicate, right? And I love that, right? But I love what Michael said because now he's bringing he's bringing in his imagination. Because he says, I can see a line saying, come on, Mike. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing. If you think this is extreme and you have made Christianity just a social gathering of yes. morality, yes. you have missed what we are yes. really called yes. to do. Yes. Right. Let's keep looking at the scripture. Let's look at first John three and eight. It says in 1 John 3 and 8, it says, he that committed sin, sin to miss the mark, right, is of the devil. The devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Mm -hmm. What did the devil do? He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his threefold mission that he is always committed to. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And then Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have that life more abundantly, right? And he was manifested to destroy the works of the mm -hmm. devil. So I love this. Not only was Jesus manifested so I don't have to struggle with anger. Yeah. 
Jesus was manifested so that just like he spoke to a storm, we can speak to a storm before there is a storm, Absolutely. right? And I was thinking that, you know, for years I've said, I feel like the Christians are always tardy to the party. After there's tragedy, it's like prayers, right? Yeah. But I believe that in partnership with God, he could begin to download to us before tornado season, we could begin to speak to the earth and the wind before tornado season. And we can say, listen here, wind and earth, you are not at odds with each other because Jesus has freed you from the decay. There doesn't have to be tornadoes. And I was thinking about this because you're laughing at well, me. Well, again, I'm just thinking, I'm not laughing at you. I was just thinking, the wind doesn't want to act like that. The wind don't want to act like that. Because the Bible says that, 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 that all of creation didn't volunteer. So the wind didn't volunteer to be destructive. It literally is waiting with tiptoes and bated breath for us to get it right so it can stop acting a fool. <laughs> so for me, I just think about that picture that way. The wind don't, the, 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 the water don't want to flood. The, 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 the rain don't want to drown. The, the wind don't want to tear up. You know, it, it, you know the, the volcanoes don't want to explode. It's like they're waiting on all of mankind to, to take its proper place so they can stop doing the stuff that they involuntarily are subject to right now. And if you've ever done something that you didn't want to do, you know that feeling where literally yeah. you're subjecting you out here. <laughs> Have you ever acted like a tornado? Yeah. Have you ever acted like a volcano? Yeah. You out here hollering and screaming and acting like a fool. And I can remember times when I would be going off about stuff and in myself, I knew my response didn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. It wasn't who I wanted to be, right? Yeah. So I'm trying to stretch us because what I'm saying to is, Pastor Edwin has already told us, it's our year of great progress, progress, right? Mm -hmm. he, you've told us we don't have to be afraid. You've told us that we don't have to panic, right? But yet, as human beings, if we're honest, we still spend so much time on the stuff instead of partnering with God, trusting him to bring the stuff to us. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you shouldn't care about your life. Right. I'm not saying that you don't have a right to have all the stuff that God has had that right. has for you. Right. I am saying that if we think about not a hundred percent of our prayer time, Right? right. Then is 100 percent of your prayer time about that. The next thing you're going to get, the next promotion you're going to get, because as Chris just says, the earth is groaning and moaning, waiting on the sons of God to teach their place. But this is take their place. But this is the one thing I know about faith. Faith cannot come unless somebody teaches yeah. it. You, it can't come unless someone teaches it. So someone has to be willing to take a risk. And I thank you for always giving me a safe place to take a risk to say, can we think about this from a different perspective? Mm -hmm. Now, it says that Jesus was Jesus was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Now, let's look at first John four in the mirror translation again, verse 15 through 17. Right. It says for anyone to see and say that Jesus is the son of God is to awaken to the awareness that we are continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness. Mm -hmm. Huh, what? Now, if most of us were honest, is that how you see your salvation? That you are awakened to the awareness that you are continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness. Mm. That means I don't have to say Holy Spirit come. Right. We are continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness. Mm -hmm. I'm in him. He's in me. 
I may not understand the mystery of it, but I'm in him and he's in me. And what would happen in our lives if we got up and we stopped acting like we were separate from God and God was there and we were here and we begin to say, no, we are in seamless, continuous oneness with God. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. right? And then it says, next verse, it says, and thus we have come to know and believe the love that God has unveiled in us. Now, I want to mm. help y'all. The reason we struggle with understanding his love for us is the condition for understanding his love is in the first verse. The verse before that, I would have to become aware that I am continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness mm -hmm. with him. When I understand that I am continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness with him, now what's going to happen is I'm going to come to know and believe. Mm. Many of us have heard of the love, but we haven't believed. Why? Because we are in continuous, seamless. We're not. We, okay, here we go. We are. We're unaware. We're unaware. We haven't been awakened to the, we, we haven't been, we, we're not aware. We haven't been awakened to that idea. Everybody say, wake up. Yeah. Wake up. We need to be awakened to the fact that as born again believers, this is our new position. Continuous, seamless oneness with him. What will that do? It will cause me to know and believe the love that God has unveiled in us. Yeah. God is love and love is who God is. To live in this place of conscious, constant love is to live immersed in God mm -hmm. and to feel perfectly at home in his dwelling. What do you want to say? Because no, I can just, see it. I, just, I, I, I can see it. That is, what, that is what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman church when he told him to wake up. He says, wake up. He said, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Now is your salvation, not just your deliverance, but your awareness, your awakening to how you are uh, continuously, seamlessly joined in oneness nearer than when you first believed. Yeah, because because the more time you spend with with Christ in the presence of Christ, you become more and more aware, more and more aware of, of, of what this is. So I, I think about scriptures like that that I've read many many times and, and gotten revelation from but then I, I but then I, I hear this and I go mm, that's what Paul was getting at when he told the Roman church wake up they, they weren't they weren't they, they weren't in a sinful state anymore when he wrote that letter to them they were one of the churches who really embraced what Paul had been teaching but he told them he said wake up he says he says the night is far spent the day is at hand. The day. What's the day? The day that you awaken to this revelation. He said that your salvation is nearer now than even when you would first believed. Why is it nearer now? Because when you first believed, you was most of us, when we first believed, we was coming to Jesus to get out of something. Come on. Come on. We was coming to Jesus because we didn't want to die and go to hell. We was coming because they preached a message and we got terrified that we was going to go out there, especially if you grew up like some of us grew up. <laughs> if you go out there and get caught up in sin, you was going to die and go to hell. And so we came to Jesus because we wanted salvation. He says, okay, that's cool. He said, but now that salvation is actually nearer to you than when you first believed because now I can wake you up to this realization that you are continuously, seamlessly uh, join, uh, uh, joined in oneness with Christ. And it is not just for you. It's what I, what I did for you is for you, but not just for you. And you know what I love about this? So then when I become aware 
that I'm continuously, seamlessly in oneness with him, mm -hmm. I stop fighting to get out of sin mm -hmm. because sin starts falling off of me yep. because I am continuously, mm -hmm. seamlessly in oneness with him. And, the, and I love what it says. It says to live immersed in God. Mm -hmm. So it talks about how there is no love if it's not immersed mm -hmm. in God and to feel perfectly at home in his dwelling. Mm -hmm. And the only way that I feel mm -hmm. perfectly at home in his dwelling mm -hmm. is that I begin to mirror him mm -hmm. and begin to let the things slide off of me that are not like him. Mm -hmm. So I stop trying to use willpower to get out of sin and I start allowing this seamless joining in oneness yes. to pull me out of sin because mm -hmm. it's not my real nature anymore. That's right. It's not my real nature anymore, right? And it says, okay, it says, so now with us awakening, there's the word, mm -hmm. to our full inclusion in this love union, mm -hmm. everything is perfect. Its completeness is not compromised in contradiction. Mm. Ugh. Mm. Our confident conversation echoes this fellowship even in the face of crisis, even in the face of crisis. because as he is, so, so are we in this world now, now, right now, our lives are mirrored in him. Mm -hmm. And until we begin to make this partnership in oneness, we look for ourselves in mirrors other places, mm -hmm. but our lives are mirrored oh, in that's him. Good. That's good. So that's good. when I when I'm not in this constant stream of fellowship of fellowship with him, I look at what I think I can do based on what my mom and them did. Yeah. I look at what I can do based on my education. I look at what I can do based on who I used to be. But it says when my when when my love is awakened and I know and believe. What happens is, is that even when it seems like I'm living in a contradiction, my conversation is still confident because of this fellowship. So even in the face of crisis, I don't forget that as he is in this world, so, so is Sean so Strickland. Am I. So, so is Sean so Strickland. So is Sean as Strickland. he is. In this world. Yes. So, so I can I. go back to the gospel mm -hmm. and I can look at what he did yep. and I can know that I have the right to speak to creation because he did. As Jesus is. Because as Jesus is so in I. this world, so, so am, I. am I. And I think that this is the part of the gospel that we haven't expanded on enough, right? And so then when we hear that we should be doing more miracles, when we hear that we should be speaking to these overwhelming situations, we are now trying to do it from the place that we have been taught to do everything mm -hmm. from self-will, yeah, yeah. um, a good plan, mm -hmm. all of that different stuff. Mm -hmm. He says, no, 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 no. Jesus did everything he did from a confident conversation. Mm -hmm. How confident is your conversation mm -hmm. with God, mm -hmm. right? So because as he is, I want to read that again. Our confident conversation mm -hmm. echoes this fellowship even in the face of crisis mm -hmm. because even in the face of crisis, I don't lose my identity mm -hmm. as he is. So are we in this world. My life, our lives are mirrored in him. Are y'all getting something from that? Now, now think about that. That's a pretty bold That's statement. That's bold as heck. He says, as Jesus is, as Jesus is, is. Not, not as Jesus was when he was in the earth. I mean, uh, as he as Jesus is today, the one we pray to, the one we, we, we pray to the Father in his name, as he is, 
He's saying, that's who you are. That's who you are. In this realm, in this world, not, not, not who you're going to be when you get into the great by and by. That, that's who you are now, which is why it goes back to you saying all the time that God wants to reintroduce us to ourselves. We don't know that. We don't know who we are because until we see ourselves as Christ sees us, we don't see ourselves correctly. Until we see ourselves as Christ sees us, we don't see ourselves correctly. So we spend a lot of our prayer time yes. praying for God to come fix what he's called us to fix. Yes. He's like, ask me to partner with you, but stop asking me to do what I've empowered you to do. I gave you the power you to do you it. You tired of seeing homelessness? You can change it. You tired of seeing people who are who are sick and, and 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 afflicted with diseases? You can change it as Jesus is. So are we in this world. And what I'll say to you, and that's is a that bold statement. I want I, I want you to think about this. We talk a lot about God being the God of the impossible. So if He's the God of the impossible, then it is true that we can be as Jesus is in this world, so are we. If God is the God of the impossible, then we are the ambassadors of the impossible. Ooh, we are the ambassador. Come on, put that in the comments. Say, we I'm are the, the ambassador of the, of the impossible. I heard this statement this morning, and you know what it said? It said, you will know your mind has been renewed when the impossible seems rational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You will know your mind mm -hmm. has been renewed into your true identity mm -hmm. When the impossible seems rational, mm. it just seemed like, why wouldn't we do that? Yeah. Why wouldn't we tell tornadoes they couldn't destroy right. self? Right. Why wouldn't we tell tsunamis that the water needs to stay in the ocean? Why wouldn't we do that? It says you will know that you have been renewed when the impossible no longer seems impossible to you. It just seems rational. I'm the ambassador of the impossible. I am the ambassador. I am an ambassador of the... Now, if we keep reading in that, it says we are as blameless in this life as Jesus is. Amen. Now, my God, Amen. my God, the amount of renewing mind work we got to do on that yeah. one, that God sees me as blameless as Jesus is. And this perfect love union yes, is, is the, the source, source, not my good behavior, mm -mm. not mm -mm. that I tithe, mm -mm. not that I fasted, mm -mm. not that I didn't cuss nobody nope. out this week. Nope. This perfect, perfect love, love union, union is the source of my confidence whenever we face the scrutiny of contradiction. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm crazy enough to be out here speaking to a storm, mm -hmm. whenever I'm crazy enough to be speaking to a broken educational system, whenever I'm crazy enough to be doing it and it seems like nothing is happening, my confidence is not in how much education I have or who I know or how much I pray. It is in this love union that now I am speaking from the heart of God into a situation knowing that as Jesus is in this world, so am I. And that heaven is backing me as I pull impossibilities into the earth realm. And all I'm mm, saying to mm, y'all mm. is that that is way more exciting than Glory most of the stuff we doing. Glory to God. That's all I'm trying to say. Glory to God. Glory to God. All 
I'm saying is, is that we've been living this dumbed down life thinking that it was just about accepting Jesus and going to church, not even realizing that we are ambassadors of the impossible and we should be walking into places saying, all right, heaven, what's happening here? What's the key? What do I need to do? What do I need to speak? How do I release this? And it's still never my confidence in me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. Mm -hmm. It's my union with him that makes me believe I have the right to do this. Not anything of myself. Yes. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. This is so good. Say it again. Say, I am an ambassador of the impossible. Mm -hmm. Come on and tell us what you're thinking. We're going to get to a couple more scriptures. Um. Now let's look at Ephesians 2.10. I hope I put that in, guys. Ephesians 2.10. If not, it's a very familiar passage of scripture. Oh, was that my next script? No. Mm -hmm. Ephesians 2.10. It says, um, Ephesians 2.10, it says, Christ has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us to do long ago. Okay, mm -hmm. let's back up. When God created Adam and Eve, mm -hmm. he had a plan that the that heaven would take over the earth, mm -hmm. that heaven would take over the cosmos, mm -hmm. that heaven would expand into the universe, okay? Then sin comes and it shuts down seemingly God's plan. But the Bible tells us that before the earth, the lamb was slain, that the earth, the lamb was slain before the beginning of time. So God always had a way to get us back. He sends Jesus and says that Jesus is the firstborn of many new brothering. So he gives us a new identity, but God picks up the plan. Mm. He never stops the plan that he was always looking for someone, for a people, for a family that would co-create with him. He's always been looking for a family, for a people that will co-create with him. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so good to me. Now, let's look at 1 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, mm -hmm. he is what? A new creation. A new what? Creation. A new creation, right? The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Mm -hmm. Verse 18. All this is from God mm -hmm. who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. So everybody is called a ministry. Everybody's called a ministry. <laughs> everybody is called. And I used to say this all the time. And people say, well, I'm not called a ministry. Yes, you are. If you are a born again believer, you have been called into the ministry. What does that word ministry mean? It means to serve. You've been called into the service of reconciling the very thing that you got reconciled to. Yes. So you've been called into the ministry of reconciliation. But look at verse 19, that God was reconciling the world, mm -hmm. not just the people. Right. It goes back. Right. God was reconciling the world. So he reconciles Edwin. He reconciles Sean so that he can then give them dominion over an area to bring reconciliation to that area. To that area, to that and world. To that world. Now you think about it. We have so many complaints as believers. We talk about what's on TV. 
what kind of music it is. We talk about what's wrong with education, what's wrong with banking, what's wrong with poverty, what's wrong with the healthcare system. Could it be it's because even though we may have Christians in those space, we don't have people in that space who have been awakened to the awareness yeah. that they are ambassadors of the impossible. So they try to work within a system instead of using heaven's influence to overtake that system mm -hmm. and give it a superior system. Yep. I'm not talking about going in work, cuss, cussing people out and extend, it, trying to extend that be like that. That would not be, that would be but I'm talking and about, you wouldn't right, be there long. You would not be there long. He was reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -hmm. So God takes us out of and puts us into and says, now, as I'm reconciling you, because we know that we're saved spirit, we believe mm -hmm. we're saved holy mm -hmm. spirit, body, soul, mm -hmm. as you are saved, were saved, are saved and are being saved, go and do the same thing as Jesus is in this world. So are you. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we are what? Ambassadors, ambassadors for Christ. Mm -hmm. How many y'all know this? If you know anything about being an ambassador, you it, it one thing you know about an ambassador is that the ambassador's only job, only job is to represent, is to represent, that is to represent the, the kingdom, yep. the president, the yep. country that they represent. Yep. My only job is to represent heaven everywhere I go. And here's the thing you got to understand about an ambassador. An ambassador is given a message. The message the ambassador is to take to another country is the message that he got from his superior in that country. So if you go back to that scripture we was reading, uh, what was it? It was verse number, uh, I think it was verse, verse was it verse uh, uh, 19 in, in, in Second Corinthians we were just reading. It says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's trespass against him. And he has committed to us the what? message the message he's committed to us the message the what, message what's the message that we get from christ it is the message of what reconciliation. reconciliation so i don't get to go out and say something as an ambassador other than reconciliation so everything i'm saying ought to be rooted and grounded in this ministry and when we think about ambassadorship Ooh, that's, that's really how good. ambassadorship that's works. really good president biden or president trump when he was president whoever the president used to be whether you like him or not Whoever the ambassador was didn't get to go to another country and say something contrary to what the president had told them to say. That's not how ambassadorship works. Ambassadorship says, I share the message that came from the king, from the president, from the one who's in authority. If we're in the kingdom of God, then God is the king. And therefore, the message he's given Edwin, the message he's given Sean, the message he's given every one of you who's watching this broadcast today or in the future, the message he's given you is the message of reconciliation. So what I should always be thinking is how can these people and these systems be saved? Right. How can these people, well, I gotta be careful not to use my words to curse what's already in trouble. Yes. To say, it ain't gonna never change to say this is just a whole mess to say is it but really no ambassador say what the king said no ambassador or, say or you shouldn't have your ambassadorship <laughs> so, so if you're gonna if you're gonna be an ambassador then behave like an ambassador 
And remember, you're the ambassador of the impossible. So even if God says something to you and that system looks like it can't be changed, that's why you were sent there, ambassador, because you're the ambassador of the impossible. We're called to the impossible, but we so uncomfortable in it yeah. because we haven't heard faith preached enough. We're changing this today to get comfortable in spaces saying, oh, if it's impossible, that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. I'm here because it's impossible. Right. And it says it says, therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ as though God were making his appeal through us. There you go. Now, you know. I watch a lot of criminal shows, a lot of, I watch FBI, right? Mm -hmm. One of the FBI's is FBI International. Mm -hmm. And every time the FBI International needs to go into a place, right? They, have to they send the, the ambassador yep. and the ambassador is making an appeal on behalf of the United States government, mm -hmm. right? Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ and we need to mem remember that God is making an appeal of reconciliation through us. Yeah. Oh, that's good. We employ you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled, be reconciled to, to God. God. God who made him who knew no sin to be on our behalf, to knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In Christ, That's who we really we are. are right. That's somebody somebody really type are. say, I am That's the righteousness really of God in Christ Jesus. Woo. All Listen, right. I think I think about I, won't, I, won't, I think about when I first got when I first heard Pastor Dollar years ago begin to teach that, and it, it, it so went against what was in me at the time. Ooh, child, I was so nervous. Ooh, but, I was but, so but, nervous. The, but the more I listened, and the more I asked God to reveal that to me and to show that to me in Scripture and to speak to my heart, and now it just gives me such joy to say, "I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus." And, and that's why we have to break up with these things like saying things like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. That's not what the Bible says about you. And you will never be effective as an ambassador of the impossible when you still identify to yourself by your old nature that was buried with Christ. Right. You have been resurrected in Christ as the righteousness of God, right? Yep. And that term reconciliation, I love this. It means adjustment to a difference restoration to faith restoration to faith restoration to faith he says faith. our job is it. to tell the people mm -hmm. and the planet and the cosmos you have been restored mm -hmm. to favor with god mm -hmm. you don't have to stay bound you don't have to stay broken you don't have to stay sick because you have been restored to favor with God, mm -hmm. through Jesus, yeah. God was reconciling us back to himself so that he could show us favor again. He was restoring favor to he us. He was restoring favor to us. My right. God, this is so good, right? So we have um, one more scripture, Isaiah um, 58, 11 through 12 in the Good News Translation, all right? It says, and I will guide you and satisfy you always. with good things. I will, I will oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> I, I will always. always guide you and satisfy you with good things. I will keep you strong and well. Mm -hmm. You will be like a garden that has plenty of water, like a, like a spring mm. of water that never, never goes, goes dry. Verse 12 is what I like, though. Your people 
will reveal what has long been in ruins, building again on the old foundations. You will be known as the people who rebuild the walls, who restored the ruined homes. In the King James, it mm. says you will be known as the repairer of the breach. Mm. The ministry of reconciliation is how we become we operate in this responsibility and this privilege to be repairers of the breach. We come on behalf of the kingdom of God to say we have come to let you know favor has been restored. Favor has been restored to humans. Favor has been restored to the trees. Favor has been restored to the atmosphere. And we come and say, be ye reconciled to God Favor is waiting on you. And this is what creation is standing on tiptoe for. But you know how people read this? How? They read this and they say, Jesus will rebuild. And Jesus will take what has long been in ruins. Jesus will build again. And Jesus will be known as the person who rebuilt the walls and who restored and ruined houses. Who restored ruined houses. And so what I'm going to do while Jesus is doing that? <laughs> right. What I'm going to do Because it doesn't say that. Jesus. It says you. You. The people. That is our responsibility, and we got to stop trying to give God back what's our responsibility. What is our responsibility? And our privilege, because Daniel 11 says, they who know their God will be strong and do great, great exploits, exploits, right? And it really is about stretching your identity. And, you know, one of the things I've been talking about in Soul Shift is how important it is to give your imagination back to God, mm -hmm. right? And one of the things I've really been impressing on us is that so many times we go into prayer and we don't ask God what he wants to talk mm -hmm. about, right? And so we never get to know that there are these supernatural things that God wants to do in us because we stay so naturally focused, right? Mm -hmm. And all I want to do is to shift us in this perspective. Can we still have everything God says? Yes. yes. But it should be way more adventurous. Mm -hmm. It should be way more adventurous. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do these things. Babe, you can do number one. So okay. these are these things that we think that in order to stretch, again, it's not an exhaustive list. And you, you're, you're free to take which ones you want to take, but you really want, if this is exciting to you, and if your spirit man is leaping saying, no, this is really my, my right life, then you got to stretch yourself out of what's natural for you and learn how to live in the realm of the supernatural. Yeah. So if you're, so if you're saying, Hey, after hearing this, I'm committed to developing a God sized uh, perspective for my life. I want to, I want to live a life with more of a macro view than this micro view that I've been using uh, for years. I want to look at, I want to look at it big term as, as, as my babe said, right? <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. Here's five things you got to do. I'm going to talk about number one. You got to accept our new identity by faith. You got to accept your new identity by faith. It's got it's to be, you, you can't be like, well, I got to work into it. No, you just receive it. Accept it by faith. What, uh, what kind of prayers would we pray if we believed we were here to continue the restorative work of Jesus? Would it still be, Lord, I need my rent paid. Lord, I need to, I need to go on vacation. Lord, I need a new house. Lord, I need some new clothes. Or would it really be focused more on things that change the world in a, in a larger scale view? Would, 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 I mean, because I think what would happen is you would realize that if I focus on the assignment that God's called me to, he'll take care of the rest of this stuff. How do I know? Because he says, seek ye first to what? The kingdom of God and all of these what? Things. What are the things? The things I want and need. He said, they'll be added to you. And so ambassadors number, are already always, always provided, provided for. for. Always. So number one, you got to accept your, you got to accept your new identity by faith. 
and everything we receive in the kingdom is by faith. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like when Michael said, I hear a lion or I see a lion saying, come on, Mike. Mm -hmm. And you say he didn't see that. But it's people who feel the same way about salvation, mm -hmm. because if you in, in the kingdom, if you don't receive by faith, you can never receive in the natural. You can't wait till everything in the natural is perfect about you to believe that you have a new identity. Well, the it, Bible says that about so. He says if you wait on the perfect conditions for the for the, for the wind to blow or the rain to, to come, you will never so. He said if you're just going to sit around and wait on the perfect condition so you don't wait on the perfect condition, you, you do it by faith. Right. I love what Victoria said. Larger scale because God knows my needs. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be so need focused. Yep. I want to be restorative focused. I want to be adventure focused. I want to I want to partner with God. I believe most Christians are bored and struggle with sin because you're not really living the life you call to live. Mm. Because I think that I, here's what I believe. I believe we are created for adventure and we know it. We are created for the supernatural and we know it. And when our lives get mundane and we're not having adventure, we become easy targets for sin because we got to find some way to entertain ourselves. Mm -hmm. But we can enter, be entertained by doing these greater works with God. Mm -hmm. Number two, you need to ask Holy Spirit to show you a macro version of your life. Mm -hmm. Ask Holy Spirit, show me the bigger picture, mm -hmm. right? And I was saying this to Edwin. I was saying, this is what we don't fully understand, but we're growing in the revelation of it, right? Many times we think, for example, you and I, we think, okay, you accept your call to preach and God's going to bless you for accepting your call to preach. He's going to bless me because I obeyed him. But we don't consider when we said yes all those years ago, right. we never knew all of the people that would be impacted yeah. by our yes. Yeah. So when the vision becomes macro, I am less likely to destroy it because I don't think it's just about me. So it's like we say all the time, right? We People used to add people. We, we, used to, we would talk about kids a lot when we had younger kids and we would talk <laughs> about different things. And I never forget one time we were talking with a couple who had a daughter who was at that time what we would maybe call crazy about boys. You know how people, you know, you 12, 13, all you can think about is boys. And and the mother was always kind of involved with like, you know, trying to, you know, just, 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 you know, helping her do her hair and all this stuff. And I remember you said, you got to get this baby. This is how you said it. You said, you got to get this baby a vision that's bigger than a boyfriend. You got to give her something that's going to be bigger than whether or not she going to get picked by some boy. You know, because if you have a macro vision, uh, if you if you're thinking in, in large scale, then you are able to see it's like being able to see the forest for the trees. You don't get caught up into the little bitty things that was that will snag you up because you got a bigger vision. If I got a bigger vision of my life, there are some things I ain't going to do. There are some things I'm not going to get caught up in. But when you don't have a bigger vision, you just live in life day by day and, and you just focus on these small things and those small things can trip you up. And, and here's the thing, while I really, really love you and I'm glad we're together and I would want to be with you, even if we didn't have kids and even if we didn't do ministry, mm -hmm. but understanding the impact generationally, not just for the Stricklands, but for the kids, uh, everybody attached to us. It makes me say, man, 
I don't want to blow this. I want to see how much God can do with this. What can God accomplish in the next 50 years of our life, our marriage? What can he accomplish if I stick with him and stay in my true identity? And if you do it right, you will be long gone on to heaven and it will still be having an impact. It'll yes. still, what, what, what you do today will still be having an impact when you're long gone to heaven if you do it right. And I want to give this testimony. Um, I think my mom is on here and um, I haven't even told her this yet. But several weeks ago, we were on the phone and we were laughing. We was having a really good conversation. We was being real silly, which is not necessarily a normal thing for either one of us because we both can be pretty serious. As soon as I hung up the phone, the Holy Spirit said that conversation is the result of what your grandmother prayed. Mm. And um, my grandmother raised me. My, my mom has been like my big sister my entire life. But my grandmother used to say to me, I want you and your mama to have a good relationship. And I'd be like, oh, we cool. And now my grandmother's been gone home to be with the Lord for 23 years. And we're living in her prayers. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love when you said that if we do our assignment if do right, right, if you do it right. If we, and I asked God, I said, God, How did this happen? And this is what he told me. He said, your grandmother would not disagree with me because of what she could see in Mm y'all. I wish I wish God had some folks that would say, I don't care what it look like. I'm not going to break agreement with God. I'm not going to break. I'm not going to break agreement with God. So 23 years later, she's watching as a cloud of witnesses saying, I told Mm y'all, I told y'all. Come on, Sean. Come on, Sean. Come on, Pat. Come on, Pat. (laughs) I told y'all. I told y'all because because of her viewpoint from God, she could see something in both of us that we couldn't see. I could just hear her saying that. Can't you hear? But no, you probably, re- and here's the thing I'm saying to you, you probably actually heard her. Mm. You probably didn't imagine that you heard her. You probably actually heard her, which is why we got, you know, one of the things that vexes me about the church is that if you, if if I join a witch's cult today, they'll have me doing all kind of supernatural stuff. <laughs> I mean, all kind of supernatural right. stuff. We gonna walk through this door. We gonna walk through this gate. Man, you could be in church for twenty years and you say you saw angels and people be like, "We bind that in the name of Jesus." <laughs> and, and 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 I hate that we have so humanized this gospel. And so I want to say this to y'all: Listen, death is not the key to heaven. Right. Death is not the key to heaven. We do not get access to heaven by death. We get access to heaven by Jesus. Mm. And in the same chapter that tells us that he is the way, truth, and the life, he tells us we will, you will see us going in and And out, out in and out. And we have spent so much time here that we have forgotten what it's like to live there. Mm Anyway, I just thought that was good. Okay, we got a couple more things. So that goes right into three. Yep. Number three, you got to choose to live a supernatural lifestyle. Living a supernatural lifestyle is a choice. You have to develop the belief that you are born new to continue the works of Jesus, to restore, reestablish, or bring back into existence the cosmos. That's the whole world. To reconcile, to bring into harmony people and repair everything that was destroyed by sin, a.k.a. the enemy. So you got to choose to live a supernatural lifestyle. You can't be afraid of the supernatural. 
You can't be afraid of, 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 of who God is. God is supernatural. You're asking God to do supernatural things in your life and then to being afraid of the supernatural just doesn't make sense. Get rid of the contradictions. Get, Get rid, rid of, of the contradiction and stop being a person who's so devil conscious. You know, in the right. church, you can find all these books about demons, the name of this demon, the name of that demon. Do you know the name of the angels that are assigned <laughs> right. to you? And it's like, I don't, I, I hate that we've shown up that way. That it's like devil, 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 devil. Right. Come on, angel, angel, supernatural beings, access into heaven, the ability to see, engagement with the Holy Ghost. That's who we really are. Because what you focus on becomes more real in your life. Come on. Whatever you focus on becomes more Come real in on. your life. And that's the reason some saints see the devil everywhere. Mm -hmm. Because you can't see God nowhere. Can't see God nowhere because you have been trained mm. to see the devil, but not to see God. The Bible tells us just mathematically. The Bible tells us that the devil took one third of the angels mm -hmm. with him. So if he took one third of the angels, how many angels left? two-thirds if God didn't create mm -hmm. anymore. That means that for every one demon I encounter, I should at least be encountering two mm, angels. Come on now. All right, come on. Look Number four. Wait, look at me. I know you're proud today, ain't you? You're proud today. Right? The that, was simple, that, was simple <laughs> that was a simple fraction yep. right there. That's not complicated, okay? Number four, you got to practice your sonship kingdom authority. Mm, practice. You have to practice. And I think we don't practice. do enough with this in church. We not Alan Alan Iverson. <laughs> we like practice. I think I think we're so afraid of being wrong. We don't practice. Mm. We're so afraid of being wrong. We don't practice. We haven't learned to sit down and say, "Okay, God, show me an angel. Show me X. Show me something." Because we're so afraid of being wrong. But we know perfectly well how to use our imagination for evil. We know perfectly well how to set a um, how to set our, oh my God, Michael got me stared up. He said, I have set my face to believe like Elijah and Enoch and not to see death. God has no respect of persons. Enoch and Elijah's testimonies that they please God. I'm with you, Michael. I'm with that. I'm running with that, right? And so we have to practice our sonship. How do I practice my sonship? I speak to things like Jesus does. Mm -hmm. I see a storm. I speak to the storm. I speak to things. Jesus did not pray to God for the storm to stop. He spoke to the storm and said, you don't have the right to be here because I am here. Yeah. You know, we, we talk about practice, right? I want us to just stop and think, and I know we need to go in, in a minute, but think about what is the purpose of practicing? You practice so that you can make mistakes. That's the purpose. Why, why do gymnasts practice? They don't, they don't practice because they got it right. They practice to make the mistakes. I, shoot, I, I practice shooting a free throw so, that when, so I can shoot it wrong, so I can correct it. I practice bowling so I know where, where, my, where my spots are on the lane. I practice everything I do to make a mistake. I don't have to be afraid to practice my sonship. Making a mistake is part of practice. But the more I practice, the more mistakes I make, the more corrections I make, and the more perfect I get. It's why I hate when people it's why I hate when people say practice makes perfect. No, it doesn't. Perfect practice makes perfect. But God didn't call us to just be perfect. He called us to practice this sonship. So I practice this sonship on Monday and I get some of it right and some of it wrong. It's an opportunity for Holy Spirit to talk to me about the part I got wrong so I get to practice it on Tuesday. 
So I practiced it on Tuesday, and now I got the first part right and some of the second part right, and he talks to me again. And before you know it, when I couldn't shoot a free throw, when I couldn't pray a prayer, now I can because I've been practicing it. And we got to stop being afraid of practice. That is so good. That's what Holy Spirit said to me while you were sitting here talking. He's like, tell them they got to stop being afraid to practice. Stop being afraid to the practice. The purpose of practice is to make mistakes and so I, that I can correct you in a safe place. Boy, you about to make me take off. So money. I can correct you, you in a safe place. That's why we don't, that's why we practice in a gym, in a closed gym. So the coach can correct your shot. So the coach can correct how you hold the ball. So he can correct how you box out. So he can correct how you see the floor in a closed space where it's safe. So when the enemy comes against you for the game, you've been practicing. You're perfect. You're ready to go. And that's how we win. That's so that's how we win. good. Okay, okay, okay. Last thing, last thing. Number five, you got to speak heaven into earth. I love what Nietzsche said. I correct can correct you in a safe place. Yeah. In a safe That's place. That's what God wants to do. And I believe that one of the reasons that I have been able to have some of the encounters with heaven I've had to go and see some of the things that I have is that number one, I'm not afraid to be wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm not afraid of I'm, I'm not afraid of making a mistake. And I'm not afraid of appearing a little yeah. off. Yeah, you're not afraid. Not, to, you're not afraid of the supernatural. I'm not yeah. afraid of the supernatural. Yeah. And I want to just give you guys this example of something that happened to me in prayer as you get ready to sow your seed today and tell us, have y'all, um, um, have you been blessed by this? So this just blessed me so I much. I told y'all it was going to be a good word today. Mm -hmm. We was talking through it yesterday. There were so many things that I thought about, you know, that we even didn't get to share today. It just, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those teachings that I really believe if you'll, if you'll go back you know, you can listen to it in chunks, right? And just listen to it in pieces. Get your Bible and read those scriptures out of the same translation we shared today, that mirror translation, God's words translation. Read it in the New Living Translation. Read it in the Amplified. It'll, read it in the message, in the voice. It'll just, it'll just, it'll illuminate that word to you. And, and I encourage you to start, don't, don't just read the words, start to see the picture. Let God paint a picture of that yes, on your heart. Yes. Because those pictures, those visuals, those illustrations will deepen your understanding and change you into the thing that the word says. I want to challenge you if you've never accepted Jesus to do that right now, because listen, all of this starts with knowing your relationship yeah. with Jesus. If you want to accept Jesus, you can put it in the comments. I want to accept Jesus. If you're in a backslidden state, man, come home. We having so much fun over here in the kingdom of God. Don't be out there just living all any kind of way. Right. But I really, as you're getting ready to give your seed today, I feel led from the beginning when I was going to teach this. I felt like the Lord wanted me to share these two stories with you of ways that I have practiced. Right. Two weeks ago, I was at the chiropractor and I was very intentional about not doing something else while I was at the chiropractor when she was stemming me. Because sometimes I listen to music, sometimes I lay my phone on the floor, watch TikToks. But that day I was very intentional about being quiet. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to pray something for me. And I went, oh, that's cool. That's very different than me telling you what I want to pray. He said, I want you put your hand on the floor. And I want you to begin to bless the earth. Mm. As he says it, I'm like, I can do that. He said, he begins to walk me through some of the stuff I taught today. He says, I want you to begin to speak to the earth and bless the earth. He said, many of my people, you curse instead of bless. Mm. You don't bless this planet. You don't bless. He began to walk me through 
bless the ocean, bless, bless the planet, um, the solar system, bless the wind patterns, mm. bless all of this. And then he said something, you know, it, re it reminded of me when we were praying for Jordan and he told me um, to begin to pray over her synapses. Mm -hmm. But I knew he had to tell me that because mm -hmm. I didn't know enough about synapses to understand what that had to do with Jordan. And he said to me, he said, Sean, I want you to speak to the tectonic plates. Mm -hmm. I want you to say to mm -hmm. them, they are free to remember mm. who they were before seeing. Mm -hmm. So I just was laying my hand on the ground, just blessing things as it came up. Say to the trees, Sean, they're free. Tell them they're free to remember who they were before seeing. Mm. Tell the ocean it's free to remember. Now, I just want to be honest with you. That sounds like a really weird way to pray. I don't hear people pray that way, but I knew it was God because it, was, because it wasn't something I would mm. come up with. The next thing he says to me is he says, Sean, I want you to pray for men. Now, if you know me, you know my first heart is toward women. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that I've ever collectively just said, bless the men. He began to tell me very specifically to what? <laughs> Go ahead. Whatever. To bless the men. <laughs> so I begin to pray over the men, just men, all the men. And he's giving me very specific things to pray. And he's saying to me, pray that they will know that the responsibility for success is not on them, it's in me. Amen. Pray that they will not be filled with anxiety mm -hmm. and feel like they don't perform well enough. Mm. And he said, pray specifically against strokes, against heart attacks, mm. against aneurysms. That's what I was praying for, mm. right? Now, we're not going to say who, but that night mm. after prayer, I mean, after Bible study, we had a conversation with one of our sons mm -hmm. that literally everything God had had me lay on that table and pray for, we got to minister him through that deliverance. And the Lord was like, when I can get you to pray my way, I can move things faster mm -hmm. if you will pray things mm -hmm. my way. Yeah. And so I want to challenge you to say to the Lord, what do you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. What do you want to fix? What have you called me what to do? What do you do? want me to pray? What do you want me to pray? Not what do I want <laughs> right. to pray, but what do you want me to pray? And this is a weird one. This is my this is my weird one. And then I'm going to give it back to Pastor Edwin. So one Sunday, one Friday morning, we're on prayer. And Pastor Edwin has his computer open. So since we're still in the bed when prayer comes, I don't typically open my computer. St. Teresa is praying. And as she is praying, I... Can't tell. I don't know if I went somewhere, if I dreamt something. I don't know what happened. Here's what I do know. I know I can hear Santa Teresa praying. And the next thing I can see is that I am standing in a um, jungle in Vietnam, mm -hmm. right? I'm standing in this jungle in Vietnam. And I instinctively know that I know my way through this jungle, even though, let's just be honest, I have not been to Vietnam. But there's an angel there, an angel that I see all the time. He says, we've got to get these kids to safety. I'm like, OK, I can instinctively feel Holy Spirit walking me through this jungle. We walk and we get to this very thick impasse of trees. There's this little bitty dot of light. And I know I'm supposed to push it. So I push it. When I push it, this thing opens up. If you've seen, if you have seen Dr. Strange, you know what I'm talking about. It opens up and there's a big white house. And this lady all dressed in white, who's a Caucasian lady comes. There are these kids with me, probably 20 kids between the ages of like three and 16. This angel me, it's super weird. 
And, and she says, the father told us today that someone would bring the kids. I'm me. I'm like, is this real? Am I dreaming? Am I really here? She laughs. She says, of course you're really here. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. I said, if I give you the kids, how are you going to protect them? She says, father, open her eyes to see. The moment she says this, I see two of the biggest angels that I have ever seen in my life. But I know that it's the same side of the angel that you saw on the bridge one time. I know that. And she says, this is how. I said, listen, lady, this is really crazy. And I don't know if I'm hearing a dream. I don't know if this is intercession. I don't know if I've really come to Vietnam. But if this is real, if you ever tell this testimony, say it was a blonde black lady from Arkansas. So I'll know that it was really me. I wake up. I'm like, Edwin, oh, my God, I just went to Vietnam. He like, well, you were snoring over here. Hey, I ain't say you didn't go. Yo, you said you said your spirit may have went, but your body was here snoring. And I believe experiences. Paul said this. He said, I don't know whether I was in the body or out of the body. Ain't that what Paul, That's said? What Paul said? John said, I got caught up in the third heaven. He didn't know whether he was there or not. Ezekiel didn't know whether they were there or not. Why is that not normal for us? Sure. Why is right. that so odd right. for us? Yeah. Why are we now be like, oh, well, we think Pastor John a little crazy. That's the, these are the Bible right. heroes we love. Right. right. All right, I'm done for today. Well, that's good. I mean, it was, you know, it's, and I, I specifically remember that dream because you were so, because you kept saying, did I go somewhere? And I was like, no, nah, man. <laughs> did I go somewhere? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you may have an experience, but your body was right there, sleep, <laughs> doing prayer. So. <laughs> that's so shady. I wasn't, I wasn't sleep doing prayer. I was on a covert operation. You're right. You're right you're that right. is so, the saints is shady. <laughs> But have you ever even been taught to have an expectation that you could experience that? Right. That's not new things. If you go back and read some of the faith heroes back in the day, that that's the way they used to live. And I want the people of Amen. God to live that way. Amen. Amen. All right. You wrap us on up. because I'm. Well, standing. listen, we again, we encourage you guys to join us next week. Uh, we'll be here at 930. Uh, but then we'll be next door. Praise God. At 11 a.m for our in-person service. Can't wait to see you. Excited for you guys to be here. Listen, remember, don't forget, we have multiple ways in which you can sow and give. If you've been blessed by the word today, you ought to consider sowing. You know, if you're thankful for the ministry, I told Pastor Sean, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do this. You know, we celebrated 22 years of ministry. If this ministry has changed your life in any way, you ought to sow a special seed into the ministry. You can sow it into the scholarship fund or or sow it into children's church or whatever area you've been blessed in. But you ought to uh, take your resources and say, hey, you know what, Father, I honor you and I thank you for what you've done uh, through Edwin and Sean and that Fellowship of Champions and all the leaders and elders and ministers and, and, and volunteers who have helped make my life better. Amen. So you have multiple ways you can do that. You can give through Givelify, you can give through PushPay or Tithely. Heck, you can even text to give. If you just text that number you see there on your screen and text the word give, uh, you can give that way. If you are an international partner, we have several of you I've seen on here this morning, uh, maybe afternoon where you are, uh, but you can give via PayPal. Uh, by simply going to FLC Church NWA 
at gmail.com. Don't forget to register. If you haven't registered, don't forget to go and be, make sure that you are registering as a covenant partner, but don't forget to give. Don't forget to give. Give and so, you know, I know they talk about the economy. I know gas prices are going up. I know food prices are going up, but you're an ambassador of the impossible. You're an ambassador. Of, you're not, you're not impacted by that. Uh, and if you begin to awake to that revelation, uh, you'll you'll see God begin to to do the supernatural in your life, just like he wants you to believe for the supernatural so that you can impact other people's lives. So if you bless, if you were blessed by this word today, here's what I ask you to do. Go to our Facebook page or however you're watching today. Drop us a word. Say, say, Pastor, Pastor Sean, here's what I got out of the mess today. It don't have to be one thing. You might want to re-preach it to us. Give us two or three things that you got out of today's lesson. And then also at the end of it, tell us what you're going to do different. Because I tell my team all the time, it's great to learn, but what are we going to do different? What are we going to do different as a result of this learning? Some of you have been on here since 930. You've been on here the whole entire time. You haven't gotten off. You're still on here right now. So tell us, what are you going to do different? Because we want to hear about it. We want to be in prayer with you because we believe that the whole world is on tiptoes, looking and peeping, waiting, holding their breath to see what you're going to do. I love it. This is so cool because Pastor Chris says, I heard that the seed should be in multiples of twos. Mm. But I love that Michelle Pace came back and said, me too, because now she's practicing hearing, mm. right? So people who fail, let Courtney says she did too. So maybe your seed today is going to be, if you gave 100, you give $122. Or, you know, just, I love that, that they heard multiples of twos. Mm, I heard 2.2 million. Amen. 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 I don't know who that's for. One day, <laughs> one day they're going to be me. <laughs> Chris Ray hanging in the studio. That's right. Me too, Chris. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> I love this. Darnell says he's going to practice more, right? Yeah, practice. Um, I'm going to practice. I practice hearing God. I practice partnering with him. I practice asking Holy Spirit, what do you want to pray about to train myself to sink in with him? Amen. Amen. Listen, we love y'all. We hope to hear from y'all today. Listen, um, fill out your um Fill out your um, form, registration your form. registration mm -hmm. form. Come to church next Sunday. Come to Northwest Arkansas. Some of y'all need oh, to come to Northwest oh. Arkansas. BJ Piggy, you need to come on to Northwest Arkansas. <laughs> Listen, you need to come to Northwest Arkansas. We love y'all. Y'all have an amazing day. Thank y'all for those of you who hung with us. We went a little long today. Um, we don't we apologize. Think we don't though. apologize because <laughs> it was good because... Uh, we both binge watched some shows yesterday, and what we know is that you can be that if you can watch one more show, you'll be like one more show, one more show, one more show. Your eyes burning, you'll be like one more show, one more show. Last night, Pastor, eyes hey, burning. Tell, his eyes tell your burning. own story. His eyes Don't tell my burning. story. His I didn't know where you were about to go. <laughs> it was tell eyes your own story. Don't worry about my eyes. And then he stayed on up anyway. <laughs> but you know, you can hang on a few more minutes for the word. If your pastor can stay up till. <laughs> If I burn, you can stick with this word. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>